It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And, John, we do appreciate your time. As always, you can find John on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And, John, I don't know where to start. There's so much to talk about when it comes to the NFL. And we had a very spirited conversation about this Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL and other teams like the Giants and the Broncos uh, and the Dolphins in, in, in the first hour of the show. And we've talked before about the Rooney Rule and how it's, you know, a lot of times it's just made to – boxes, but what are your thoughts on this lawsuit, a lawsuit that's going on, and, and how does the NFL legitimately change the, the, the landscape of coaches and GMs in the league? You can't make people hire people. Owners and general managers are going to hire who they want to hire. I did a story with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon back in the late 80s or early 90s, and he, we were talking specifically about having more black quarterbacks in the NFL. And he said, until you get black ownership, he said, you're not going to have representation and general managers and coaches and quarterbacks like you would like to have, considering the league is 70% African-American. And that was way back then. Now, they are giving draft choices for teams that produce head coaches and general managers uh, who are minorities right now. There's three minorities. Coach Mike Tomlin, uh, Washington coach Ron Rivera, and Jets coach Robert Sala. And only one is black, that's Mike Tomlin. Brian Flores, like David Culley with the Texans, they were fired. And the thing that gets me about the Flores lawsuit, and he mentions this, I don't see him taking on the NFL and making charges like he has against Giants owner Stephen Ross and publishing the embarrassing text that Bill Belichick did accidentally to him, confusing him with Brian Dayball getting the shot with Buffalo and taking a shot at uh, John Elway, accusing him of being drinking, of been drinking before the interview. Those are the kind of things that uh, he, I, I just, I believe this kid, Brian Floyd's next job will be at a major college program because you take on the NFL. You know, they're never going to say, oh, he took us on the lawsuit. That's not why he's getting the job. But it's pretty obvious he is really, really upset at Stephen Ross for firing him, talking about uh, Ross offering $100,000 to lose games so they could get the first pick to get Joe Burrow. Well, you know what? They should have taken Justin Herbert, and it wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> right. But uh, – and then tell him uh, in, after the 2019 season, a veteran quarterback you should try to get and uh, and handle surreptitiously. And, and Flores saying he would not participate in that. It's just it's open it's open to Pandora's box to some of the things that go on behind the scenes in the NFL. Q, it is fascinating. It really is. It really is. I'm really interested to see how all this shakes out, and this is just a, a major story with so much other stuff going on in the NFL as well. Of course, the Super Bowl right around the corner. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about the other news that dropped today, and I don't think it became a surprise. We heard a lot about it over the weekend, but Tom Brady, after 22 seasons in the league, officially hanging it up. What were your thoughts? Well, obviously, when Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington of ESPN broke that on Saturday, it was true. But Brady didn't want to be 
uh, the target of something that upstaged the championship games. The NFL doesn't like teams hiring coaches or general managers right before the championship games in the Super Bowl, and it wasn't Brady's fault, so it got out. And then on his on his show on Sirius with Jim Gray, let's go. He could have done it there. Instead, he waited until Tuesday morning, put it on Instagram. So to me, putting it on Instagram, and at that point, in that initial statement, he did not mention anything about the Patriots fans, nothing. And then when that was pointed out uh, by Mike Florio for football talk, then Brady came back to something else about Patriot Nation. But it was just very curious. It's kind of old news. He's the greatest quarterback in history. He is one of the five best players I've ever seen, and I go back to when I was a kid in 1960 watching the new Cowboys and the new Oilers on CBS and NBC. The five best I've seen are Jim Brown, Tom Brady, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, and Jerry Rice, and I've never seen five more better. And when it comes to quarterbacks, there's no way anybody can make a case for anybody else. It's Brady one and everybody else competing for two. <laughs> right, absolutely. And he, he's done some amazing things, John, over the course of his career, including uh, leaving New England, going to Tampa Bay in a pandemic, and finding a way to win a championship with the Buccaneers. How big of a, of a move was that, not just for what he was able to do with Tampa Bay and his own legacy, but also kind of opened the door for quarterbacks to think that they can make the same move? Well, it showed him he wanted to show people he could win without Bill Belichick. And he showed he could win without Bill Belichick. He won with Bruce Arians. And the Buccaneers did everything he wanted. He wanted Antonio Brown. They got him. They wanted to get rid of him. He talked them into keeping him, and they did. And so they gave him everything he wanted. And I think there's a lot of quarterbacks, especially veterans, who were jealous of that, like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. But uh, Brady was one of the kind. There's two things that blow me away about it, too. His durability. Mm-hmm. Now, he was not fast. He was not elusive. And he only he missed one season when he blew out his knee in the first game. Matt Castle replaced him. They went 11 and 5 and failed to make the playoffs. And the other thing was, is a fan out there, if your team uh, had a lead and Brady got the ball and they needed a touchdown to win the game, is there a fan who ever thought, we're going to stop Tom Brady? Now, right. Everybody <laughs> thought we're dead. We're done. Now, there were teams that did that uh, fumble. Uh, Brandon Graham against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, and that saved the Eagles. But I have never been more sure of any of the quarterbacks who authored so many incredible rallies. None stood above Tom Brady. Right, no doubt. Was there was there ever a bigger one than the one that you saw in your own backyard when he won that Super Bowl in Houston against Atlanta? That was the biggest comeback or the biggest choke in NFL <laughs> in Super Bowl history. Right. I also covered the biggest choke in NFL history, the wild card game, Buffalo and Houston after the 19th season, in which the Oilers led 35-3 with 11 minutes left and lost 41-38 in overtime. So I'm an expert in comebacks or chokes, however you want to call it. And that game, that show that Brady put on there against the Falcons and the catch that Julian Edelman made yeah. uh, to save the day, it just, I was mesmerized by it. Just I was always mesmerized by watching Brady. And when I was covering the NFL for eight years between the Oilers 
and the Texans and the Colts and, and Peyton Manning and Brady were going at it just about every year in regular season and playoffs. I made sure to cover every one of those games, too. And it was a privilege to watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. We talked today, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, they're, they're going to be the new Brady and Manning. And I don't think there's ever going to be another Brady and Manning, and it is an honor to be able to watch them. Talk right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond's got a question for you. Yeah, John, with the Houston Texans in their coaching search, is this Josh McCown's job to lose at this point? Oh, I think they're going to hire Josh McCown, and it's so off the wall, so unconventional, not unprecedented. Uh, Norm Van Brock, on the Hall of Fame quarterback with the Rams and the Eagles, coached the, I mean, quarterback the Eagles to the 1960 championship, and without any coaching experience, was hired as the first head coach in Minnesota Vikings history. He coached them, and then he coached the Falcons. And in 13 years, he had 13 winning seasons. So here we have Josh McCown. He played 19 seasons, 18 in the NFL. And I've talked to so many people who worked with him, covered him. Everybody swears by him, thinks he's going to be a great coach. But nobody thought he'd go straight to being a head coach instead of a position coach. And one thing somebody brought up to me, and I, I got to ask McCown, what's the difference in being a, say, quarterback coach for 19 years and a quarterback for 19 years when you're in the meetings, you're at practice, you're watching the coaches coach, you're helping them coach, you've had different systems, terminology, you've seen every situation that you could see. Why is that not as valuable, being a quarterback 19 years, as a quarterback position coach? For 19 years, and I haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah, John, so that makes me ask because with the Flores lawsuit coming out today and you see, like, examples of Josh McCown getting a job, do you think that you already said that you can't make people hire who they don't want to hire being the owners, but do you think that we are going to see another minority head coach hired in this cycle? Based on everything we've heard so far, the money would be Byron Leftwich with the Jaguars. Now, reports are he didn't want to work with their general manager, Trent Balky. The owner, Shad Khan, for some reason, is examined at Balcony, Balky, and nobody else is. Reports that Byron Leftwich wanted uh, Adrian Wilson, co-personnel executive with Arizona, and a former safety, to be the general manager. But they're still talking to Doug Peterson. So I'm thinking of the five openings. Minnesota looks like it's going to hire... Uh, it's going to hire uh, Jim Arbaugh, although Miami could come in at the last minute. And uh, if I'm if I'm Stephen Ross, and I have so many serious accusations brought against me by Brian Flores that could cost me money, draft choices. You know, I would seriously think I'd be interviewing Byron Leftwich right now, because everybody thinks he's got a good chance of Todd Bowles or Leslie Frazier, some of those top minority candidates. But the one that I feel the best about is Leftwich because he's ready. John, it's funny. You mentioned Jim Harbaugh, and I wanted to ask you about him because he has interviewed with the Vikings. It sounds like Miami may be, like you said, a, a last-ditch effort uh, to get him back into the NFL. But the thing that stands out to me is tomorrow's National Signing Day, and he's interviewing with NFL teams today. That told me that there's no doubt he's coming back to the NFL. Did that play a point, part in, in what you're saying as well? Don't you know that the people at Michigan are in 
infuriated at what he's doing. And all the recruits and their parents are like, no, wait a minute, is Coach Harbaugh going to be there or not? And if they say, no, we're elevating so-and-so, that's going to get out on social media. So it's like he's kind of holding them hostage. And he's quirky anyway. I always thought Harbaugh is screw loose, good coach, but got screw loose. <laughs> you think, okay, would you rather live in South Florida or would you rather live in Minnesota? Oh, yeah, and Florida. <laughs> in, in South Florida, Stephen Ross is one of Michigan's biggest benefactors. He said early on, I'm not taking Harbaugh away from Michigan. But if he thinks Ziggy Wilf is the Vikings owner, maybe he says, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If he's going to go anyway, why not come down here? Right. So the Harbaugh thing is very interesting to see where he lands. And uh, it's amazing. This time last year, everybody was mad at him. You know, Michigan should fire him. He can't get over the top. And he has a great year. And then all of a sudden, he's hot property. Right. It's always about the money, John. It's always about the money. What do you say about contract years? Makes the players and coaches do a whole lot better. <laughs> Every... I'm always suspicious of players who don't play well and stay healthy in a contract year. And if they don't, then there's something wrong with them. Right, exactly. No doubt about it. And, John, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you your thoughts. The Raiders made it official with uh, Dave Ziegler, the GM, and also Josh McDaniels, the head coach. What are your thoughts on those hires? What are you hearing from your NFL friends? Of all the jobs out there, that was the best one because you're talking about a team that won 10 games, went to the playoffs, had a quarterback coming off his best season. They're going to have to get Derek Carr extended. They've got skill position players. They can work on both sides of the ball. And I think that's a good situation, although at some point, McDaniels will be the next former Belichick coach to get fired. Because that's what happens to all of them. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, John. How much do you think he's learned? He said he grew a lot since he was a Denver head coach. How much do you think he's learned uh, in the 10 years that he's been an assistant back in New England? Well, it's good because one year he went to the Colts. Maybe he learned a lot there. <laughs> because when you, if you come from New England, you're hired to be fired. It's happened to every one of them. I had a Dave Ziegler who went with him to Denver when he was a young personnel guy. Then they both ended up back with the Patriots. Obviously, they're good friends. Having them there as a twosome seems to be tailor-made, kind of like John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Do you think it, it, it has any? it's almost like uh, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco where they came in together and had the same vision together? Can you see that kind of a scenario shaking out for them? Now, the difference is Kyle Shanahan has total control of all personnel. According to what they said in Las Vegas, David Ziegler has final say right. on personnel. Now they're friends, and they'll work together at some point. They'll clash. They have to get beyond it, not let it get personal like it does so often with the head coach and the general manager. You know, Gruden had total control over personnel when he was there. I kind of like a head coach and the general manager get along, say, like, like – uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they've been together so long, people, they probably spend more time with each other than they do their wives, and it's worked out great for Seattle. That's the kind of relationship they need to have. Yeah, John, I've got one more for you. The Denver Broncos, they've announced that the team's going to be up for sale, starting at around 4 not $4, $4 billion. <laughs> So how fast does a, does a deal like this get done? Because who's got a billion just laying around? I do. Well, are you interested? <laughs> I could be. You had to get an ownership. Me, you, and Q get the ball rolling. Some investors. You, you and a group of four billion put in a dollar each. <laughs> Thing is about these sell prices, one owner has to be named, 
as the managing partner, has to come up with 30% of the price. Mm. You've got to have it liquid. But there are so there are more billionaires in the United States than anywhere, and those guys, they're, they are anonymous. Then they get an NFL team, and all of a sudden they're famous. So they'll line up to get the Broncos a great franchise. They really will. It's, it's going to be exciting to see who, who takes that nod and who does it. And, hey, man, you want to start changing some of the ownership? You want to start changing some of the decision makers? Here's an opportunity. You know, go in there and, and get that team, and you can start making some changes of your own. That's how things happen. John, great stuff as always. What do you have coming out on Texas Sports Nation that we should be on the lookout for? Everything's all about the coaching searches, and I'm writing a column now about, about the order that things came out today, starting with Brady, then Flores, all the coaching searches, and oh yeah, there is a Super Bowl next week. <laughs> right? Are you going to be out there at Radio Row? Nope, I'm not going. I'll be watching and writing about it in front of the TV. I've, that's what I've done the last two years. I've covered forty something Super Bowls. That's enough. I heard that. Well, we'll be calling you next week from Radio Row. We get to bring Raider Nation Radio 920 out to Radio Row for the first time. So I'm excited about that. That's great. You guys have fun. Thank you very much, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. There he goes, the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Lots of good stuff right there. We tried to get as many storylines and many questions in as possible to John McClain. I love that we could just scatter shoot with him uh, about just about anything. If you have anything that you want us to ask anybody, including Ari Mayroff, who's going to join us uh, coming up at 3.30, you want us to ask him about anything, hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. we got some great listeners that have been holding on patiently. We'll get to you next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Ari Mayrod from Pro Football Focus will join the show coming up about 3.30. Talk about some headlines going on in the NFL world. We'll ask him about some coaching, assistant coaching candidates for both Josh McDaniels and uh, obviously Dave Ziegler, the GM. But, you know, who is he maybe hearing that could be the defensive coordinator? Who is he hearing could be the offensive coordinator? You know, stuff like that. We'll dip into some of that conversation with Ari coming up at 3.30. But right now, uh, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-364-9200. Excuse me, Fargo Raider, you're up next. Hey, good morning to you. Nice to talk to you guys today. Hope you're doing well. Um, I wanted to touch on the on the whole Brian Flores thing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to reference a, a little hurtful piece of history that I think we weren't taught taught enough in school or in depth enough, and that's the three fifths compromise. It was a rule to provide supposedly a semblance of some step towards equality, equitable treatment for you know uh, people of color at the time. And it only served to highlight the inexcusable inequality that existed at the time, you know. And it cannot come close to this. It's not in the same ballpark. But I believe the point is that there shouldn't have to be rules to ensure equitable treatment of people. You know, you should have every chance, every opportunity to any job or any position based on merit alone. And I believe that's what the point is that you're trying to get across the demand. You know, we weren't taught that in school and I believe that's something important, and that's even it goes even to highlight more the difference in in treatment that many people have received through our history. And I I understand Demond's point too. I agree with both of you. And you know something does have to be done, but it only serves to really show us the reality that it isn't the same. 
Not everybody gets the same shake in life, and it creates new issues as we're seeing now. And that's unfair to that guy who's worked his whole life to get to that point, to be able to actually have the merit to be a head coach, you know? I'm not usually keep it light, but I thought that that was pertinent to the conversation. Thank you guys for taking my call. Great, great stuff. I do appreciate you. And yeah, you're right. And, you know, uh, if you listen to what John McClain just said when we, we started off the conversation with McClain, he said Flores will probably the next time he coaches will probably be a college team. And that's unfortunate. You know, that really is. That's unfortunate that him taking a stand against the NFL is probably going to get him kicked out the league. I mean, think about that. Think about that because he's standing up for what he believes. He's basically going to probably get kicked out the league, unfortunately. And, again, like I said, I don't know what Josh McDaniels has planned for his defensive coordinator, and I'm not saying that he should settle in no means. Don't settle for anything. But I would have no problem with Josh McDaniel saying, hey, Brian, why don't you come be my defensive coordinator? I think that would be awesome. I really do. I think that would stand for everything that the Raiders stood for. And that's what I forgot to ask John McClain. Dang it, I meant to ask him, like, how great of an organization is the Raiders that they never needed any of this? And I, I, you know what? I'll tip the cap to the Steelers as well because they never needed this any either. They never needed any kind of rule in place. That's why it's called the Rooney Rule, even though, like I said before, it's, it should be the Al Davis Rule. Those organizations, those two organizations didn't need that. I can't say the same thing for the rest of the league. <laughs> you know, and that's, I, I laugh because, you know, sometimes my mom tells me sometimes you got to laugh to stop from crying. That's, that's how it is, you know, and I know someone thinking right now, like, oh, God, Q, don't be so sensitive. But it's just the reality of it, man. It's just the reality that it's so unfortunate. And I don't know, at some point I'm going to get the phone number right. Uh, we've been doing this a long time, Demond, and I somehow get the phone number wrong. I get it confused with my podcast number. I get the name of the station. I, I think I'm doing too many shows. I'm going to take a week off. <laughs> I'm just going to take No, you won't. I'm going to take a week off, no, dude. You won't. No, you won't. <laughs> 702-365-9200. That is the correct number. How about Sam and Providence? What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Demond? Uh, first time con. Um, Welcome. You know, it's uh, – thank you. Uh, you know, it's a difficult situation because if you – when you uh, – you know, to be called a racist or to be, you know, to be put in that box, it's, it causes a lot of anger. Yeah. And if you are calling people racist and they don't feel they're, they're racist, it's really like you wouldn't want to – if your friend called you racist, you wouldn't want to be friends with that person anymore. You Agreed. Know? Agreed. So it's like if he – if uh, Flores had said, hey, you know – First of all, they're following the Rooney rule. So they, um, they're required to give him an interview, even if they're thinking about somebody else. And even if, uh, based on the facts that he offered, like, okay, so Bill Belichick, you know, thought that, okay, the job was already somebody else's. That, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that they gave the job to that guy for, because of racism. So I don't see where the facts prove, the, the facts prove that he wasn't really being seriously high, uh, interviewed but it doesn't necessarily prove racism and the thing is that like if he had said hey you treated me unfairly because by following this rule we're, we're getting these interviews and we're not getting hired and then people think that we're we're like uh, bad you know hires or we don't interview well or we're not qualified or something like that mm-hmm. and what your what then your goal would be to actually have a good process where it's um where you would be actually against the Rooney rule and say hey i'm suing you to stop this Rooney rule because it's ridiculous. So that, so then that, you know, I yeah. could see uh, that working out for him. And I'm, you know, within you and and the mind, it's like uh, different generations, man. Right now, in every aspect of like hiring, going to school, and everything like that, they want you to write essays about how much you know uh, racism or prejudice or whatever that you faced and 
and that's basically it sort of gets into people's minds that that's the only that's the only thing that uh that matters and you know what i would say is like uh time will change us generations will change us uh, cultures will change us and uh jay-z lebron you know people who have a lot of money who want to buy teams like that would be a great thing and then yep. one area where i would like to disagree with you on um is that you know uh, Kaepernick, he was offered. He was getting offered a, a quarterback position for uh, the Ravens, and that would have been great for him because look, they got they got a a great quarterback who's a runner too. And then he posted on on Instagram. Uh, I think Ray Lewis was helping him out. He posted a Django post saying that like Ray Lewis loved the Ravens owner like like the you know the like right. the situation and, and, like, and that and that was some of the remember the missteps that I said that he took. Remember I said he took a lot of missteps. That was that was part of the missteps, and he did multiple missteps. But uh, the the jury was kind of already out on what were they going to do if they were going to bring him back. But I understand your point, and, and you bring up a lot of good points. And uh, sorry that we got to get to uh, our guest coming up next, but no, you bring up a lot of good points, and I do appreciate your call again, Sam, right there calling out of Providence. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to our guy Ari Mayrov. He's from Pro Football Focus. Got a lot of headlines to hit him with. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.34 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Had a fast and furious show as we do each and every day. And now I'm very excited about our next guest from Pro Football Focus, Ari Mayrov. And Ari, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And, man, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much going on in the NFL world. And, really, today I don't even think we've talked anything about the, the upcoming Super Bowl against the, with the Bengals and, uh, and the Rams coming up on the 13th. But let's just start with uh, Tom Brady, a guy who's won many Super Bowls. He announces officially his retirement today after 22 seasons in the league. I don't think this comes as a surprise, but what were your thoughts when you officially heard the words from Brady himself? Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, you know, I'm here at the Senior Bowl, and, like, there's just things flying all over the place. <laughs> Brady, Flores, the Senior Bowl itself, so much going on. But let's start with Brady. Yeah, I mean, officially it happened here today, and it sounds like everyone knew that it was coming. Of course, there was a report on Saturday. It sounds like they didn't like the fact that it came out on Saturday. It looked like he wanted to do it himself. And he did it here today. And, you know, obviously a great career. But it was interesting because, you know, it's clear that he could still play. I mean, he led the league in passing yards, led the league in touchdowns this past year. He's 44 and said he wants to play until 45. But clearly it came down to some more personal stuff. It came down to family stuff. And it came down to just his wife, who really has, you know, been a really supportive wife, has been wanting him to be around the kids. And I know he has a son who's going into high school right now. So, Things are changing in the household. So it's like, we want you to be around us. So he's had a legendary career, best quarterback ever, um, you know, greatest player of all time, and it was time to hang it up. And, you know, what else is there to do? There isn't much to do else. And he's calling it a career, and it'll always be remembered as the best quarterback to ever play this great game. No doubt about it. I mean, you, you hit it right on the head right there, Tom Brady. I mean, you can't stop singing his praises. I mean, there's just so many. We could talk all, all hour long about what he's been able to do for the game, uh, the NFL. And so, uh, again, we're talking with Ari Mayrov here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, we, we had a guest on earlier that was at the Senior Bowl, but for you, Ari, uh, you're out there right now. What's the biggest buzz right now? You know, what's, what's the topic of discussion, the main topic of discussion at the Senior Bowl? So, yeah, I mean, I was there today, you know, chatting around with a bunch of different people from around the league. I mean, everyone is here, a lot of people, your agents, executives, coaches, whatnot. And, you know, it just all of a sudden hit this, this Brian Flores stuff. And, like, 
it, it was wild because, you know, everyone has their phone on them, but not everyone is, like, checking it, like, every second the way we usually are. And then all of a sudden, you just see everybody on the sidelines and everyone on the stands are all looking at their phones and just reading this stuff. And, like, the more you read and the more your jaw drops. And it's, it's, it's really overtaking the senior bowl. It's going to take over the Super Bowl. It's going to take over the entire offseason because it's going to stretch out. We'll see exactly what ends up happening with these remaining vacancies. But, you know, Brian Flores did something that one person told me, um, quote, was very courageous. I mean, he, he is still a candidate for the Saints and the Texans, which surprised me that he went out and did this now. So, you know, when he if he's not officially out from those jobs, I mean, now he probably is. But, you know, him coming out and doing this, the Bill Belichick text messages, um, assu- <clears throat> excuse me, assuming those are all real, um, which there's no reason to think it's not. I mean, there is some damning evidence there, and we've seen the league respond. We've seen the Giants respond, the Broncos, the Dolphins. They've all responded with statements just saying that, hey, this is all blatantly false, and they deny everything. But I think this is going to stretch out. I think there are other black head coaches, or black coaches, I should say, around the NFL who feel the same way and might join Brian. So this is gonna, it's, it's not just going to become a story today. It's going to be a story for the next couple of weeks, possibly months. That's what I was thinking as well. And, and Ari, you know, we, we've had a lot of discussion about the Rooney rule. Is it cool? Is it not cool? Whatever. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. But what we did, what I did want to ask you about was the fact that in that lawsuit, he talks about Stephen Ross trying to pay him $100,000 basically for him yeah. to lose each game. If that comes out to be true, if they find out, and I'm not saying it is true, it's alleged right now, but if they find out that right. this is true, what do you think the NFL will do to Stephen Ross as an owner? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great question. I, I really just want to figure out exactly how would they find out this issue in the first place. And the reality is, like, if you go back to that draft night of that year, Miami was trying really hard to move up to number one. So I think Flores could have a case here because they really wanted, ownership really wanted them to get Joe Burrow. And if you remember, they had three first-round picks that year. They used it on Tua, on Austin Jackson, and Noah Ibnogany. Um, three picks that have not all really worked out that well. And, you know, so you could see a scenario where it kind of makes sense. And if you remember, that entire year was, like, the fan base was, like, pink for two hours yeah. pink yep. and try to get a top pick. So they they won a bunch of games in the end. They beat the Bengals near the end of the year, which resulted in Cincinnati getting the number one pick in Miami, just having no shot at it. And if the NFL looks into it and it ends up being true – I'm not sure what they'll exactly do to Stephen Ross, but it's I can't see a scenario where like they force him to sell, for example. But I could see a scenario where, you know, a large fine potentially and possibly just losing some draft picks and moving on like that. But again, this is gonna be a long process most likely. <laughs> yeah. And there is a lot of evidence here that they could look into, specifically the Bill Belichick text messages and then moving forward, we'll see what else Brian has. I mean, he surely has emails and texts and whatever, so He'll probably want to take those out as well and try to prove his point. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Ari. Uh, we've pr- we've known here in Las Vegas that emails are, are damning. <laughs> emails yep. will get you in some trouble. <laughs> we've learned That's that right. firsthand uh, here in Las Vegas. Again, we're talking with Ari Mayrov from uh, Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And I, I saw a few tweets from you yesterday while the, the Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler uh, pressers were going on. So all in all, the Raiders hire McDaniels and Ziegler, both from the, the Patriots organization. What do, you, what do you think of that hire? What are you hearing from your NFL friends? about uh, if that's a quality hire or not. No, I think a lot of people were, were a little surprised that it finally came to the point where Josh took 
a head coach position because this is a guy, of course, who was a head coach in Denver and it just was just terrible. And it was good to see him kind of open up a little bit and talk about those times and admit what went wrong during his time in Denver during that press conference. But I think a lot of people feel like Josh is finally ready. Like Josh is ready. He's been waiting for the right opportunity, for the right place, a place where he could bring his own people. I think they're going to make a couple of a few more strong hires in the personnel department as well in the coaching staff, which should come out here in the coming days. I think people feel like it's finally gotten to a point where, you know, Josh is ready. He he knows how to treat people the right way. He knows how to connect everybody together. Now what he was in Denver. And people believe, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are very close. They go way back, as you heard Mark Davis talk about during that press conference. And they believe this is the right duo. And they're going to bring all the right people into that building. And the other thing is, it does sound like Josh really loves Derek Carr, which I think is another part of this, which is, you know, Josh always wanted to make sure wherever he ends up going, he has a quarterback that he wants to be with. And it sounds like he really does like Derek Carr. I'm sure he loves Hunter Renfro, the right. type of player you know that a New England team would wish to have. So I think looking at that offense currently, he has a bunch of pieces there that he would love to, to be around, and he's going to take over. And I think he learned from his mistakes in Denver, and he's taken 10-plus years to get back to this point, rejected a bunch of interviews, rejected a bunch of other potential opportunities to come to this destination right here in Las Vegas with a bunch of other people that he knows. You know, I, I love the fact that you brought up uh, a couple of his uh, staff members, you know, coaching staff assistants yep. that we may hear about in the in the next coming days. Are there any kind of uh, hints or are any ideas that you're hearing of potential either defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators that he may be looking at? Yeah, so it's interesting because, like, uh, there, actually like today, before this Brian Flores stuff came out, I was kind of wondering to myself if Brian could be a potential defensive coordinator candidate right. there. For him, but I don't think that's going to happen now. So, I mean, I think we'll look at some bigger names. I think Wink Martindale, who was, of course, in Baltimore, is somebody who could be a potential candidate. I know he had a very strong connection with Bill Belichick. We, know, we all know that Josh really respects Bill's opinion, so maybe it could be someone like that. But besides for those, I mean, I'm not totally sure exactly where else I'll go. I do know they are trying to find some, I wouldn't say star-studded people, but I think names that people would recognize and people who respect. So, Keep an eye on that. And then the personnel department, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this guy, Champ Kelly, who's from Chicago. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's another guy who many people think could end up in Las Vegas. And um, he's done a lot of different roles there in Chicago, um, not just being in the front office, but he's, you know, he's the type of person who's had the headset on, even though he works upstairs. He's um, been on the field, been in the booth, done a lot of different things. Well-respected around the NFL, and with Chicago bringing in a new front office there, People believe he could end up in Las Vegas. Nothing official there, but definitely another name to keep an eye on. Now, you know, Ari, it's funny. You mentioned uh, Brian Flores and, and him ending up in Vegas as a defensive coordinator. And I mentioned on the show today, with the, especially with the way that the Raiders are forward-thinking, they don't need a rule to go hire a, someone of color or a female or right. anything like that. They just go out and do that. I kind of think it would be a great hire if Josh McDaniels went out and hired Flores as the defensive coordinator. What do you think would stop him from making that kind of a move? I don't think any team right now with – Flores suing the league would be okay with them hiring on hiring him onto their coaching staff. Gotcha. It's kind of the way I look at it right now. Yeah. So he's literally hiring. I mean, he's literally suing the entire <laughs> National Football League, right? Three other teams. So as an ownership group, it's hard for you to say, "Yeah, let's bring this guy on board." So I think right now Brian is all in on trying to get his point across. Which again, I think there's a lot of people around the NFL who are supporting him and really believe he has a point. 
and believe that it's a very courageous thing that he did. And like he said in that statement or in that lawsuit, this could potentially end up being a situation where he doesn't have any more coaching opportunities because of what he's doing. Right. But he believes it's the right thing to do. And if he does come out of this and he ends up changing the landscape of the NFL moving forward, because this has been an issue for years and years, and if he ends up doing something and changing anything, I think he'll go down in history as someone who made a significant change. I agree. Uh, talking right now with Ari Mayroff from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. As far as the coaching carousel goes, uh, we saw Nathaniel Hackett get uh, hired in Denver. Uh, what do you think about that hire, and do you think that maybe that is a, a, a kind of a little way to wedge uh, Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay and head him to Denver? Yeah, I mean, I think with that hire, I think it was more really that the GM, George Peter, really actually just fell in love with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, if you watched his press conference as well, a very giddy guy, loads of energy, an offensive-minded guy, which I think a lot of teams are trying to find right now. So, you know, you hire him to be the head coach, and I really think that he just he just came out as the number one guy there. I think Dan Quinn was a close second, but they really liked him, and I really do believe that Denver is going to be in the big big hunting for a quarterback this offseason, and I think it, it definitely makes sense that Aaron is the guy they're looking for. I mean, just look at the way they've structured that entire roster, the offense, a bunch of young pieces, an offensive line. Um, salary cap-wise, they're pretty good. They have two second-round picks, two third-round picks, thanks to the Von Miller trade. They've positioned themselves in a way where they should be able to get one of these big quarterbacks who will be available this offseason. I think Aaron will be the top guy for them. But um, if he's not available, whether it's Wilson or Watson or somebody else, I think they're going to be out there trying to find the veteran to add to this group because – it's a roster that up and down has a bunch of really good players. They just don't have the quarterback right now. So if they're able to find that, they'll be in a good spot. I spoke, just one more thing, I spoke to Rick Spielman on my show this past week, and he's obviously very close with George Payton. They were together in Chicago, Miami, and all those years in Minnesota. Um, he didn't obviously say outright that they're going to go out and try to get Aaron Rodgers, but he kind of hinted that he expects George to go out and try to find a big quarterback. So um, I think this offseason they're going to go out and try to get one of those big names. Nice. I like it. Well, one more question for you. Uh, Devontae Adams, that's Aaron Rodgers' running buddy. Uh, there's been reports that he wants $30 million as a wide receiver, and we all know that Green Bay is in a bad position. Now, you could change your salary cap, and you can, you can get under the cap, but $30 million is a whole lot of money. What do you think happens to him ultimately in free agency? Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, I mean, the cap thing, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different ways to maneuver around it and get under it. So I think the Packers, they have a plan to get under it and get well back into a position where they could bring back a bunch of their guys. But um, with Devontae, it's very interesting. I mean, the reality here is that the franchise tag does exist, and they could just simply franchise him, and, you know, it, it kind of leaves you in a position where you're kind of stuck. But, you know, if it ends up coming to a point where Aaron isn't back and he wants to only be with Aaron, he could try to, you know, leverage his way out of it, you know, not sign the tender, not show up, do those type of things to try to get out of it. But, I think the number one priority for Green Bay, obviously, this offseason is keeping Aaron, but Devontae is number two. And I have a hard time seeing them letting him go, especially when they had that option just to tag him. So I think we'll obviously get to see what happens to Aaron first, but the reality is they had that option to tag him, so he's not going to be able to get to free agency. They're not going to let him go for free or just get a third-round compensatory pick next year. So whether they keep him with a new deal or the tag or they end up trading him for a bunch of picks, Whatever happens, I think it's not going to be the end of being a free agent. But I think Aaron's decision will definitely affect what he ends up doing. But the Packers kind of hold his right, so it's a little bit complicated. Has Jimmy G thrown his last pass for the San Francisco 49ers that turned into an interception? 
if he hasn't, then it's a bad sign for Trey Lance's development. I think it's the simplest way to put it. I mean, okay. if you guys if you guys remember, like Patrick Mahomes with Alex Smith, I mean, they made the divisional round of the playoffs, I believe, and he was freaking trading like in January. Like they right. knew what they had in him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they, they're going to move on if they believe that Trey is the guy. And if Trey is the guy, then Jeremy is no longer there. I think that was their plan all along. If he's still there, there's a bad sign going on with their number three overall pick. There you go. Great way to put it. Mic drop moment right there from Ari Mayrov, our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. What do you have coming out that folks should be on the lookout for? Yes, yeah, so as I said, we're here at the Senior Bowl. Check out PFF.com. We literally have wall-to-wall coverage with everything at the Senior Bowl. Every single player, top to bottom, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, which is very deep this year. And then, of course, Super Bowl coming up. We'll be there as well. Nice. And, um, yeah, and, you know, obviously the offseason is, is already heating up already, and it's going to get only hotter. So, of course, keep um, keep updated with all of that. I have my sports update on Twitter. Check it out. And, um you know, you'll get all your information there. Absolutely. Well, uh, congratulations on being at the Senior Bowl, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on site at the Super Bowl. We'll be there as well, so we'll look up for it. we'll look out for you when you're there, my man. Looking forward to that. Thanks for having me on. All right, no doubt about it. Appreciate you, Ari Mayrov, right there. Pro Football Focus does a fantastic job covering the NFL like a glove. My sports update is on Twitter. That's where you can find him and all his updates. And he, like I said, covers the whole entire NFL like a glove. Good stuff, right there. Three forty-nine is the time. Demond, do you want to take a break or you want to stick here for a couple minutes? Let's just take a quick one. We'll do that. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've had a fast and furious show, and I want to end on a high note. So how we're going to do that is uh, David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, was on NFL Total Access with MJ Acosta and Willie McGinnis and had this to say about Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels already early in the process. They do have a new coach, and I think it's do great. They? I think it's great for everybody involved. Because if you think about it schematically, it makes sense. Um, Josh is going to ask his quarterback to be able to get to every play possible in the entire world, and Derek's capable of doing that. And in fact, he's run a system like that with John Gruden. So from a scheme standpoint, it makes sense. From a player standpoint, it makes sense also. If you think about it, when the Patriots are really rolling, okay, you think about your friend Gronk, okay? Darren Waller, right? right? Julian Edelman, Hunter Jacobs. Renfro, right? Josh Jacobs. Got to have a run football, game. Right? So I think that with Josh, when he looked at this – this setup here that they have in Las Vegas, a team that's already a playoff team, he says, this is this is ready-made. I just got to come in here, tighten the screws a little bit, maybe add a couple pieces. I like this a lot because this also, for me, this means that Mark Davis is serious. Right. This means that he's going to go find what he needs to find to get this team over the hump because they're there. This team, you don't have a lot of shots at this thing in the NFL. You have a window. If you have a Super Bowl window, which is where the Raiders are closing into, you got to add some pieces to be able to give them a chance to be there. And I love, I love that move. You had to have that relationship and that understanding going in for Josh to want to take that job exactly as right. well. And the other good thing is he's been a head coach before, so he understands the do's and the don'ts. Yep. And that buzzer is how does, Derek, how does Derek like it? Is he excited? He loves it. He, okay. he loves Josh's system. He's been a big fan of what Josh McDaniels right. has done for a long time. And the Patriot way, it's, it's, it's Patriot West. They just moved out a little bit. So let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's David Carr, MJ Acosta, Willie McGinnis, and right there for anyone who thinks that maybe Derek Carr doesn't like Josh McDaniels, his brother David, I know he's not the end-all, be-all, says he does and also says that it's a really good fit. So I'm not saying that that means it's going to go be a Super Bowl winner next year, but just wanted to pass that piece of audio on. Speaking of uh, winners, how about how about my guy Vinny Bonsignor? He's coming up next. He's going to hold it down in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. A lot of fantastic stuff to get to. Very excited to hear Vinny's show as he closes it out today. Thank you, everyone, for all your uh, feedback. Thanks for all the uh, talk calls and texts and all the great guests that we had on the show today. Vinny's up next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.